Down Under the Ring, Episode 3. I am your host, The Warship, and I'm joined, as always, by Fid McAwesome. How are you today, Fid? Mate, I am tired. It's been a, a long, long week of pro wrestling. I'm tired because of today, if I'm honest with yeah. you. Like, not only are we recording this, but we also live-streamed our reactions to SummerSlam because it was either that or Watch Collision. And... <laughs> so- <laughs> SummerSlam won, okay? I had to watch SummerSlam. I wasn't going to watch uh, Collision. And, oh, my God, it, it was it was a long day. It was a long day. It wasn't a bad day, I have to say. As far as PLEs go, I no. wasn't too upset with it. So, yeah, I guess we'll start with small talk, you know, the usual yeah, yeah, lovely yeah, thing. Yeah. How's your week been? Um, How have you been doing? It's been a busy week on the personal side of things. I have been doing things and making things happen without giving away any information whatsoever very succinct yeah you've given us so much information to work with yeah we love it yeah. we love to see it but in saying that this was probably the first <laughs> week in a long time where i've actually uh managed to find time to watch a lot of pro wrestling live while it happens which has been actually really good that's awesome i i am sick as, as obviously most people who know how I speak will be able to tell. I don't know what's going on. I woke up this morning and I was like... You were progressively getting worse throughout the SummerSlam stream. Oh, yeah. I don't know what's going on. You know, I'll do a COVID test before work, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, other than that, I've been training in the gym, getting myself back to where I need to be. And yeah, I'm, I've kind of made a little bit of a decision today, this week, I suppose. And it's that somehow... Some way, I'm going to jump the guardrail at a wrestling show again. And yeah, I I think that I missed it too much to not do it. I need to say goodbye on my own terms. Let's go. You know, earmark that for now. Let's go. That's awesome. I tell tell you what, while we're talking about our own forays into pro wrestling, I've been seriously considering getting in touch with, I know a guy who's does training and whatnot i've been thinking about crossing from the fandom into the industry but i've already decided i know my limits i'm a 42 year old man and if i was to get involved i think i'd like to try and be a active valet or manager of some sort Ooh, interesting. That is a, a very interesting and different road that i walked i know a lot of people who have said that exact phrase to me and I would really be interested to see how you go with it because I there are a lot of people who do it who are not as physically fit as you are yeah and I think that when you get in there and when you start to take a bumps and you start to get that feeling if you don't immediately go oh wait I'm actually old if you don't (laughs) get that like if that doesn't happen I think you might get the bug just because you care about it Mm. so much and trust me, when the bu- when it bites, man, you ain't they ain't coming back. Like you might say you want to be a manager now, but let's wait and see. Well, also, but let's say I may go into the first day of training and they blow me out, and I'm like, nope, that's it. I can't do this. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm going back to my podcast to talk about what I see on TV. <laughs> and look, that's another real possibility as well, because again, I've had a lot of friends growing up who are all like, I'm gonna be a professional wrestler. It's gonna be so good. Yep. And then they get in and they try it once and they say wrestling stupid and they don't ever come back (laughs) just give you a bit of insight into it it's always been a thing that's niggled in the back of my mind because as a kid there was like three things or maybe it was four things i wanted to do one of them was i wanted to be a radio host i did that i did it for a long time i won awards it was awesome the other one was i wanted to be a rapper i tried that I i released two albums they weren't good but I can say that it happened. Mate, uh, I have to see this. I have to hear it. Oh, 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 there's stuff hidden on YouTube. I'll send you something. The other one, though, is... One of the other ones was I always wanted to be a pro wrestler. And that's the one itch I never scratched. You know, never say never is one of our favourite phrases in professional wrestling. And it doesn't just apply to the in-the-ring matches. It also applies to getting in and doing it. Because I'm a firm believer that anyone who is a fan, like... There comes a point where you should try, you know, to see. Mm. 
how you go. That it's definitely not for everyone. And a lot of that to me is also I'd like to get that respect out there too because if you get in there and you try and you go, holy shit, this is horrible. Yeah. This hurts every second. I am in Next so much Next time you pain. watch Raw, you're you going to be like... Yeah. Yeah, you, you go back with such a profound respect for it and yeah. I think that's really important because, yeah, I, you know, if I tell one person that, hey, this really hurts and, like, they say, oh, really, you know, I thought wrestling was all bullshit, yeah. maybe they'll tell one person and then we've done our job a little bit. It's not – kayfabe doesn't exist anymore not in, in the true sense yeah. but we can still make the business seem – what it is, which yeah. is a hard-hitting, brutal encounter, which we also entertain the fans with. I always say, one of my big things, what I always say to people is, yeah, okay, sure, it's not, it's not boxing, it's not, it's not MMA or anything like that, but I challenge anybody in the world, I challenge you to get in the ring, run a match that goes for 15 to 20 minutes and not tell me that it's the realest shit in the world yeah. because you won't. And, I, and look... And later on in this episode, we are going to get into fake fights and fake fights that are entertaining and fake fights that shouldn't be fake fights. But look, we don't have a lot of time today because we do have a lot of pro wrestling to get into this week. And we are going to kick things off with SummerSlam this week because, look, it's the stuff that's top of mind at the moment. And to be honest, if we need to cut something out later in the show, we're going to do it after SummerSlam. <laughs> We're going to cut it out like it was a women's title match. No, don't say that. Oh, <laughs> that makes me so sad. No, don't do that to me. All right, but okay, let's kick things off. First match of the night, Logan Paul. And <laughs> I only just noticed that you put in the notes, Richard O'Shea. <laughs> because <laughs> I figured that when he went to the main roster Vince would call him like Richard O'Shea and he'd be like a Scottish guy instead just so they can still call him Rick O'Shea I, can't believe I, I thought didn't, that's what would I can't believe I didn't notice that in the notes until just now okay but yeah Logan Paul versus Ricochet first match of off the rank and we all knew that this was going to be the first one because Logan had to jump on a private jet and fly straight to his brother's boxing match by the way he turned up still wearing his ring gear from I SummerSlam. Could you imagine how bad he stunk by the time he got to that corner? Oh, yeah. I mean, surely private jet deal. Like, oh. like I, I don't think he's flying coach to get to the thing. I also, I also think he was doing it as part of living the gimmick, right? Oh, yeah, showing up and being all like, hey, kid, check me out. I've got my wrestling gear on, you know. Yeah, I'm s yeah I definitely feel like that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what do we think of the match, dude? The thing is, is that they've had banger. They've had botch fest, then they've had banger. Yeah. Like there have been like the the duality of their matches is is that you don't know what you're going to get when you when you watch the match. Yeah. And I think that this one really did put a full stop on the fact that they do have fucking banger matches. Absolutely. Like there was very little to complain about in this match. Like that like. The, they made up for the Spanish fly spot by doing the standing Spanish fly spot. Yep. Like obviously Ricochet didn't quite land, but it was you couldn't notice it. Nah. You know they were straight into it, and then they hit the running one, and yeah, everything they did was crisp as all hell. It was a really well told match as far as story goes, and it keeps the momentum going as well because this isn't over. I, I don't. Think. I don't think this is over either. I, I think Logan needed the win on this one which they gave it to him. I think all of us went into this one knowing Logan was getting the win as well. And he needed it. He's has He hasn't had a win the entire time. I think the spot of this match, though, goes to Samantha. Because at the end of this match, Logan ch jumped on the corner and he looked straight at her and it's like, say it. And she, she, she called it and she called it out uh, with as much passion as she normally does. But that quivering lip at the end of the match... Afterwards, like she was showing anger, so he was standing there, like say it again, yeah. say it again, yeah. and like yeah, her face just looked like he'd like killed a family pet. Yeah, she it was really beautifully well sold. So she is yeah, full props to ridiculously Samantha. talented. I didn't realize what she had done before she got to the WWE. She's an amazing musician. She's an actress, uh, and she is a performer. So um, she's showing that she's a performer, and that one little. I think it was five seconds that was on screen, not even that. It was brilliant. Yeah, no, it was so good. Like you said, it was the little lip quiver. Yep. Like, like this is physically painful to do. And, yeah, full props. But the match itself, again, really, really good from start to finish. Like, there wasn't much to complain about. I'm really interested to see who it was that gave Logan Paul yeah. the brass knucks for the finish. We didn't see that at all. Because we didn't get all. to see that. 
No, and then when they showed the replay, they carefully avoided it yep. as well. All I can tell you is that it wasn't KSI. It wasn't KSI and it wasn't his brother. All right, so that goes, after that match, we go straight into Brock Lesnar versus Cody Rhodes, which I did find a really interesting spot on the card. As second, I I was genuinely expecting this to be second match from the finish. Like, and the the match was an interesting one. I think they did tell a really good story in that match. But I found the pacing of the match really odd. There was lots of slowing right down and there were moments where it was dragged out way longer than I felt it had to be dragged out. I think I did, I said later on as we were watching it, they could have shaved five minutes off this easily. Like, I'll give you my thoughts from it too because when we were watching it, I said it then too and I think it's worth reiterating now because I just, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of Cody's like, I always have to be getting beat the fuck out of every show and then just suddenly pick up a win at the end. I want to see Cody start to actually wrestle and win matches mm. and show that he's more than an angry, anguish face on the ground. Yeah. Like, because like for a lot of the match, like he had some fire in places but he got cut off and... Like, it was a really, if you break it down to, like, baser wrestling, that's what it was. It was a heel and a face, and the heel beats the crust out of the face, and the face tries to survive. And, like, yeah, I get that, but there, there needs to be a little bit more fight, I think, personally, because it's like, it's almost as if he never recovered from having the pec tear. Yeah. Because every match is like that, you know. Every match shows him, like, in some kind of unspeakable pain with, like, a broken arm yeah. or... You know, all the stuff that he's been through recently with Brock. And I know it's the culmination of that. I just, I would really like to have seen a little bit more, like, fight yeah. from him. I, I, I did find the story that Brock was telling, and it's interesting to say that Brock was telling the story, but the whole, prove yourself, Cody, prove yourself. He kept on saying it throughout the entire match. Do you remember, like, last week when I said this? Yeah. Like, this is what I pitched, this exact thing. Yeah was that what if Brock was doing it just because he wanted to make him ready? Yep. Uh, it, it genuinely did feel like this, like you called it. Um, Cody getting the win at the end. Okay, so the end of this one was an interesting one uh, because I didn't feel like Brock could take the... Um, what's Cody's finisher called? The crossroads. the crossroads. Yeah, I didn't feel like he took the crossroads very well. It didn't look convincing. Three of them in a row, it's Cody's thing he likes to do. And all three of them just didn't look convincing. I don't know. Look, he's built like a horse. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's built like a refrigerator with legs. Yeah. Like, And being able to twist out of the crossroads itself, like as someone who's taken that move before, it is not an easy thing to do. Yeah. I think for what it's worth, maybe seeing a super version of something might have been cool. Yep. You know, I haven't seen anyone L1R1 Brock Lesnar's finisher in a while. Like, we could have seen him hit the F5. I think that would have been pretty sweet. Yeah. Like, and Cody has that rule. Like you said, like, when we were on live, if he's uh, wrestled you five times, he's allowed to steal a move. Well, he did steal the Kimura lock. Yeah, yeah, he did. But, but what's going to be interesting, though, is going forward, is he going to use the Kimura lock? Because that's part of his rule, right, is I will steal your move. After I've wrestled you five times, so is the Kimura lock going to become part of his repertoire now? Look, it's possible, and he doesn't really have like a submission hold that he uses regularly. So I've seen him; he did for a while use the figure four for a bit. Yeah, I was going to say that too, but I don't think it became a permanent part of his repertoire. Look, at the end of the day, if he does, he doesn't. But what I really think is the big story of the match is the post match. So yeah, uh, for those who didn't watch it, uh, at the end of the match. Cody was celebrating, Brock got behind him, Cody turns around and Brock pulls him in for this handshake that turns into a hug. Yep. And then he presents him to all four sides of the ring, gives him a little pat on the chest and leaves. And apparently in the post-SummerSlam press conference, Triple H has said that none of that was planned. Yep. So that was all on Brock Lesnar. And it just further cements that when Brock fucks with you, he fucks with yep. you. He will do everything he can. So... At first, when I heard Triple H say that, I saw the short go out on Twitter or something of it, and I thought, bullshit. But since then, I've actually seen footage. It was actually Sean Rossap uploaded to Twitter a video that he had from up wherever the media were sitting. And you can see the camera guy scrambling to get into the ring. 
like he had no idea the spot was going to happen he scrambles to get into the ring and capture that so i genuinely believe that brock took it on himself to do that uh my 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 question is is are we going to get something on monday to explain why brock went after him because we still don't know it's almost like do we need to now because like that act alone solidifies lesnar's like what he had planned what he wanted to do and it also solidifies cody as having you know slayed the beast and you know he's got his respect and that's worth more than a pinfall victory any day of the week and uh, does brock just go away for a while we're about time yeah it's almost uh wood cutting season over there right (laughs) he's about to go home for six months and chop a bunch of wood and like eat full cows cows and yeah yeah I don't even think he butchers them. I think he just opens his, unlatches his jaw <laughs> and just, oh. Hole. <laughs> All right, great match. I loved that one. I think it did what it had to do and finish off that story. No, I do too. All right. Now, we said earlier about fake fighting and where it when fake fighting and all that sort of thing. But going into the next match, this is where fake fighting is not good. <laughs> Like when you're taking something and you're putting it out there as being a real fight, MMA rules. And dude, I've got one question to ask you before we go into this. This is a genuine question. Can you, off the top of your head, without looking into it, remember who won that match? Yes, I can remember that. This is the only thing I remember about the whole match though. Okay, so I actually cannot tell you right now who won that match i i have forgotten who won that match and it's because i lost my attention much like that audience i lost the attention while i was watching it while we were watching it live we were talking about completely other things because none of us including chat were paying attention to the match and look, it's unfortunate too because this this should have been like after the the promo package they did for this match, Which this sold should me have been an it. absolute banger. Yeah, yeah, me too. It really, really did. And the problem with it is, and I said this live again. I'm going to say that all fucking day. Hundred percent. It just means that people need to tune in when we are live. That's true. The issue that I find is is that if you're going to do a MMA match between two MMA fighters mm. on a wrestling show, you either need to commit to doing an MMA match or you need to do a wrestling match. You know, to give you a reversal of your question, have you got in your mind a single time where a worked shoot fight has looked good on the main stage? No, not one. No. And that's the thing, because they don't. Like, you know, they were doing this... The closest, the closest would have been... Ken Shamrock back in the day. Yeah, Ken Shamrock and Steve Blackman yeah. in the Lions Den match. Yes. That's the closest that I could come to. And even then, we all knew it was bullshit. Like, it wasn't a full on MMA fight. It's because, like, Ronda takes the leg and then you know, she's on top of Rousey and she throws the shittest fucking worked punches in the universe. Yeah. And it's, you can tell. When it's that, you know, and you can really tell when it's supposed to be an MMA fight. Man, I just didn't like it. I thought it was shoehorned the way that they threw the wrestling spots into it. The way that, like, there was just a break from the MMA, these ones where they're tussling back and forth to throw a kick. And it all looked weak. The only thing I could think of, like, if I was going to go back in time and rebook this and become Triple H and say this is how we're going to do it, I think what they should have done is had a wrestling match. It should have been a pro wrestling match. But if you wanted to lean into the MMA, their MMA lineage, which makes sense, is no pinfall, submission, only finish, right? So you could have had a full-on pro wrestling match, finish it with an armbar or finish it with something, right? Like an I quit match, except without the I quit part. Yeah. Like, like you just have to have just a submission match, you know? For me, that would have easily fixed the issue. Take away rope breaks, yep. take away pinfalls, take away outside wrestling, and just have it be that whoever submits loses. Yep. Like, yeah, that that would have fixed a lot of it for me. Considering they went for a submission finish anyway, exactly. So, like, it just yeah, it doesn't make sense. Outside of that, like, I love Baszler. Baszler's one of my favorites when it 100%. comes to women's wrestling. You know, we all know that Rousey's passion comes and goes yep. for wrestling. So I think that a better way to have a send-off, if this is the end or close enough to, a better way to have a send-off would have been to actually respect the wrestling side of things. 100% agree. Do a match. Do an actual match yep. rather than 
try to emulate the thing that she left yeah. to come be a wrestler. 100%. 100% agree. The only thing that I will give this match, or will give to Rousey in this, I actually did pop for her gear. The WWE with the UFC font, I thought... No, that was excellent. But yeah, it should have been more. I'm disappointed it wasn't. Yeah. But that's okay because... You know, it was the little bit of a cool down that we needed to bring out the megastar. The the people's champion. Oh, yeah. I'm so happy about this. Right. Yeah. So we, we got the paid promotional battle royale. Brought to you by Slim Jim. Brought to you by Slim Jim. I think the only note I have on this, I did say this before the match started today, was how cool would it have been if this, to give this match some meaning because i think it was the only thing missing from this is they weren't fighting for anything apart from a sponsored deal right and that wasn't part of the thing it was just yeah, there was nothing that they were fighting for um yes. i think it should have had a slim jim tie-in easily that they could have done was the randy savage memorial cup and they could do it every summer slam you could sell it to slim jim every year it makes sense yeah um and you would have had a trophy that you could have had LA Knight say for the next 12 months, I am the Randy Savage Memorial Cup holder. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. All right, no, I've got a pitch. Here's my pitch. Okay. I've got a pitch for you here. My pitch is they announce it as the Slim Jim Battle Royale, hubla, 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 all that garbage. And then it's about to start and you just hear that laugh. That <laughs> that laugh. Ted DiBiase comes out. And he said, "How much did this sponsorship cost? How many? How many? How many millions of dollars was it?" And they're like, "Oh, you know, we don't really discuss this with people, but it was, you know." And they make up a number. They'll say like yeah. it's like twenty million dollars. He's like, "Here's a check for twenty million dollars. It's now the million dollar tournament." And they puts the belt on the line. And then LA Knight gets the million dollar championship, and then he gets to hold that, and that makes me really happy. <laughs> Um, look, it's, a, it's another one. <laughs> or or what you could do is you could have everybody in the ring and have it just about to start, and then you could have somebody come out and say, actually, the match can't start because the real winner isn't here yet. Bring out Omos. Wait a minute. They did that. They did do that. They did that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was horrible. I was so upset. I was like... All right, cool. So they give it, they give an LA Knight, a couple of other guys, some flowers, getting them to have their yeah. entrance music, and then Omos comes out, and I'm like, no, yeah. no, this is not going to happen. Like, because in the back of my mind, you'd already made the call that it was going to be uh, old mate, who was going to be the monster in it. Oh yeah, Bronson, Bronson Reed. Yeah, yeah I, I, I had just said that Bronson Reed was going to be the big guy that everyone was going to eliminate all at once. Yeah. You know, because just to give him a bit of a big up. Which, by the way, Bronson Reed did very well. I, I always really enjoy his work and I was very happy to see him do so well in the match as well. But, yeah, a couple of surprises out of it. Nothing too crazy. It's a battle royale. What do you want from me? It's not like it's fucking two out of three falls match yeah. or anything like that. Like it's, it's all the guys who didn't get a spot on the show, but we still want to give them a spot on the show. And they needed to do something for LA and I. And I think it did two things. One, made them some money for the advertising which is primarily what the job of this match was. But the other, t the secondary, what it had to do was give LA Knight the moment we've all been needing. I don't think it's a huge moment, but, I mean, it's a moment. We all got to cheer for LA Knight. I mean, like, you can't deny him. He's, he is becoming undeniable, exactly like he says in all the meetings and all the interviews and everything else at the moment, all the press conferences. And it's a real dig at Cody, too. You know, he, he said it in promo. He's yeah. like, people say they're undeniable, but I live it, you know? Like, yeah. yeah, like, from here, they have to do something. Like, it's getting to a point now where it's ridiculous if they don't. He is so fucking over 100%. all of the time. 100%. Yeah. All right. We go now into uh, the three-way for the Women's Heavyweight Championship. I always forget which belt it is that they're going for with the women's one. The Women's Heavyweight Championship. It is the three-way. We've got Bianca Bellier. We have Charlotte. And we have Boo. and we have Asuka. We all had different ideas on where this one was going to go. The match, once again, was not overly interesting there was a couple of spots there that were massively cocked up where people were knocked over by air rather than by the person who was executing the move but you had big problems with that finish and 
Oh my god! Thank you for giving me the te- just a second to talk about it. The fucking super Cena! Oh holy shit! So Bianca's in the figure eight. Everyone's tapped out to the figure eight, and then all of a sudden, Asuka runs in and gets rolled up. Bianca's in the fucking like the biggest submission hold they've built up for years yep. in women's wrestling, and then she still has the presence of mind to roll Asuka up and win the match. Like for me, that was wild. That is like. That is peak John Cena, like, in vulnerability. Yep. Like, she's got plot armor out of this shit. Man, it was like, no, nah, that's 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 too far. Like, that's that's crazy. Like, I love Bianca Belair. I really do rate we, Bianca's We were talking work. about Bianca a lot during this match. And like as I was saying with Bianca, I love Bianca. I rate her. I think some of the work she has done, especially some of the stuff that she did in the last... 12 months like she's had two back-to-back amazing wrestlemanias love bianca but in recent months i have found her stale she has started to get stale and i don't think that's got anything to do with her in ring capability i also don't think it's got anything to do with her uh being able to sell herself and do the work that she's got to do so it's like she does great work but i think they need to do something to her to make her interesting to me but i don't think creating super bianca is the right thing. It did leave a sour a sour taste in my mouth for about 30 seconds. And that was all it took. But before we go into what happened 30 seconds later, I do want to say where I said where I wanted it to go. And I think that that's where they still... I still think they cocked up this ending because Bianca's leg got injured to the point where all of us watching weren't 100% convinced that it was a work. It looked like they were setting her up for Charlotte to go over on this to win and I genuinely believe that the best move for the crowd as well not just us watching but that stadium would have gotten so hot if Charlotte had won like have have Charlotte win she stands tall with the belt that give that crowd a chance to just get so angry a bit of the Charlotte wins lol you know that moment there give us enough of that before what happened happened. And the thing for me, like, I totally agree, because like when Bianca got injured, looked like Bianca got injured, I was like, okay, this is bullshit. Like this is this is real to begin yeah. with. And then when Bianca came back out, I was like, okay. So the only logical thing for me then is that Bianca hurt her leg, which means that Charlotte's gonna win. And like that made the most sense. And then when that went turned into the roll up instead, yeah, that lost me. But again, now because you're very happy with this, so I will let you say the next bit. Oh yeah. Of course, this is where I wanted it to go, but I wanted it to go with Charlotte. But we get EO Sky run out so well executed, and you did a great job of uh, covering the subtleties and how this was done. So it runs out. She runs out with Bailey. Bailey grabs the briefcase, knocks out. Who is it? Knocks out Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah, knocks out Charlotte. Takes out uh, Asuka. Hops in the ring. Cocks up, going for Bianca. And as you said, great move because it meant that EO grabs the title and she's the one to knock out Bianca. Yeah, yeah, I just thought it was good because, like, she went for the shot on Bianca after knocking the other two down and then she was stopped. And then then she was taken out just long enough for EO to then take control of the situation, which makes it it more of EO's, like, actual work put into it, which I think is pretty important for future development as well. Because then, obviously, Bailey can be like, I helped you win the belt, and then she'll be like, did you, though? Because I did all the work. Makes more sense. Makes her stronger. And, uh, yeah, she cashes in and she does the job and is now the women's heavyweight champion celebrations in the ring and joined by kiwi girl dakota kai which i loved <laughs> i loved seeing dakota kai back in the ring she has said that she's not ready yet she hasn't been cleared but in the press conference afterwards it was awesome seeing them back as a trio it looks like they're all the hints of dissension over and done with for now i hopefully they give eo a run where she gets to be champ being supported by her friends for a while before they do any fuckery mate the funny thing is is that six months ago eight months ago we were not now because we've only just started doing this but i was talking about how this was stale like this whole stable was like boring and it, it was done you know they need to get rid of it it needs to stop quickly have somebody turn for the love of God, you know, and now it feels fresh. It, do, it does feel fresh. Also, 
beautiful bookend to the year because these three girls all debuted as Damage Control exactly a year ago at SummerSlam. So Would, what a way to finish that part of the story. Also marks one year of the Triple H era. Oh, mate, time flies when you're having fun. I'll tell you that. <laughs> time flies when you're enjoying wrestling again. Next match was the let's turn each other's chests into mincemeat match. Drew versus Gunther. What did we think? I, I'm going to have to let you take the reins on this one because I buggered off to go to the bathroom <laughs> during this match. I was trying to hold off and I could not. <laughs> yeah. Now, look, this was exactly what you expected it to be. It was just two horses beating the crust out of each other. Like, it was a really good back and forth. The story was great too because it was a lot of Gunther dominating, like, very early on. And it wasn't until Drew blocked a chop from Gunther and then the look on his face, like, oh, because he grabbed the arm and he pulled him close. So they were like probably three or four inches away from each other in the face and Gunther just looks up and then he goes for a chop and then Drew blocks him and just destroyed his fucking chest. Yeah. And they went back and forth. But I've been saying it because like back in 2020, uh, Randy Orton had a bit of a crack at Drew and thought he would uh, give the rookie a little a little chop off and see how it went. And I remember how it went too because like he chopped Drew and Drew kind of just went, okay, and now it's my turn yep. and chopped him so hard that I think Randy Orton's soul fell out of his body. <laughs> if there had been a bag behind him, there might have been some poo in it afterwards because it was a brutal fucking chop. And that's what they did here. They went back and forth. And by the end of it, like, Gunther's chest literally looked like mincemeat. The match was awesome. It was exactly what I wanted from it. And it ended when Gunther decided to turn the mall button on because, he, like, it was pretty back and forth. He hit the Claymore, kick out of the Claymore, and then Gunther picked him up and just fucking smashed him and then beat him with the powerbomb, and it was great. Yeah, and look, I, I think Gunther needed at this stage in his run to have a challenge that was like, oh, maybe, maybe it could end. Yeah, very reminiscent of Sheamus. I like it. I like that because we went into the show being like, you know, he's not going to beat him. Yeah. Like this is, this, is, this is just another stepping stone for Gunther. And while it was, it felt much better. It felt like it was a well-earned win. Yeah, so. look, sometimes you go into a match knowing who's going to win, but you, I personally, as a fan, love to have that moment of hesitancy where it's like, oh, actually. It's like I used, I used to love it when it was going into an Undertaker match at WrestleMania where if they could sell me on maybe the maybe it's going to be over maybe the maybe the streak could end here right and that's do it to me even though i know that undertaker is probably going to win yeah yeah i still want to be i still want to have that disbelief yeah exactly finn bella seth this match here another one that i had dream booked i had a lot of dream bookings in this match where i'd gone and go i think this is what they should do what did we think of this match from the start to the finish i had always thought that it was uh, finn's time but even just the beginning of the of the match seth comes out with the vest that he wore seven years ago when finn got injured yeah. in their match and everything that they did was really well done before before we go too far what was your initial reaction to what Seth was wearing after he took off that fabulous jacket he was wearing? <laughs> Look, it took me a few seconds to realise it because the jacket was amazing and the pants were amazing. And then he takes the jacket off and I'm like, this doesn't match. This is like he's gone into like create a wrestler mode and just picked whatever fucking default shirt there was and worn it with some really well-designed pants. It wasn't until we were like, oh, wait, actually, holy shit, that's awesome. And yeah. super smart too because Finn is a very cool, calm, collected dude in the ring mm. and he lost it. When he realised what it was, he lost yeah. it. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. I thought that it was high action. The crowd were really into it as well, which is kind of par for the course when it comes to Rollins matches anyway because they love to sing the song. There's that and both Seth and Finn are two of the best to do it. Like these guys were not going to have a bad match. And there was no point in the match where I would like lost my attention. Uh, I was into it for the whole thing. It wasn't until the Judgment Day came out that it kind of started to feel a bit fucky for me because I obviously you always knew they were going to come out. Like that was always going to happen. But I, I was enjoying it. I did like when they did come out, and Finn was very vocal. It was like, "No, we're sticking to Plan A." 
And I was like, oh, this is cool. This is this this is cool. So they had planned for this, yeah. like this whole eventuality. And because he hadn't got the win yet, Priest has obviously made the call. And he's like, all right, let's go. Let's get out there and do something about it. Yeah. And then Finn's like, no, fuckhead. I said not yet. Like, you know, wait till I beat him. Yeah. And in the end, it was the dissension that cost the match, which really cool spot too with the briefcase being slid in at the wrong time and then Seth using it to hit the curb stomp. But again, for me, this was Finn's moment and I don't know when he'll get another one, which sucks. It does suck. So not the ending we wanted. Great match. Where do we think Judgment Day go from here? I mean, it has to be a dissension in the ranks. It has to be. At this point, you know, because Priest has still got that golden ticket and I think that we'll probably see a title change before the next pay-per-view or at the next pay-per-view. I don't feel like Seth is going to be holding that for much longer. I think Priest will be holding it and I think that'll be the catalyst for the Judgment Day to either break up or to remove someone from it at this point which sucks again because I really like them. But when you have two heavyweights going for the same thing, it's always going to happen. Yeah, look, agree. This takes us into tribal combat. Um, Jimmy costs Jay. What did we think? Oh, my God. Like, you just went right for it, hey? Uh, Let's break the match down a wee bit more than that then because I think... The start of the match, I actually did like the spot at the start of the match once Once we had that ridiculously long entrance from Roman. He is getting dangerously close to Undertaker. I, I read it on Twitter. I think it was 5 minutes 24. Yeah. Which is stupid. Yeah. But I did like the spot with the Ulafala right at the start where he didn't want to give it to the wise man. It took it away from him. And said to Jay, look, if you win, I give this to you. Not him. Not him. I give this to you. Cool spot. Yeah, no, that was good. Really cool spot. And look, the match itself was pretty great too. Like there was a lot of good stuff in it. It was a pretty standard fair match until they went to the outside. And then obviously that was when Solo struck. And that's when it all started to break down with lots of table spots and all that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, the big... The big moments in the match were, for me, Roman accidentally spearing Solo and then Solo being fucking mad about it afterwards because there was that great moment where they were staring at each other on the outside of the ring and Solo's still holding his chest. He's, he's like, looks up at him. He's like, he's, what the fuck did you and do? he's yelling to him in Samoan too. Like, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. He's anger. full chastising him. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. And then obviously he's still... Like after Roman got put through the barrier, he still got on his feet and he was like, nah, grab Jay, throw him in the ring, yep. fuck him up a bit. And, yeah, it was like right to the end. Jay had eliminated all of the adversaries. He was right there. He hit the big Uso splash. One, two, pulled out by a mystery man. Mystery man revealed himself to be Jimmy Uso. And, man, this story, holy shit, it, this story just keeps going getting better every time i think i've got the last bit of leg out of it that i can possibly get the last bit of energy out of it it's just they add some more bullshit so yeah full props i'm in a couple of group chats with wrestling friends wrestling friends of mine wrestling fans and it's amazing how many people are angry with this finish like people that are like i've it's over like ended already and I've been sitting on it all day and I, I sent out a tweet or an X or whatever we're calling them now, which basically <laughs> I said, you know, after Mania, everyone said it was over. It's too, it's been going too long. Let's end it. After Sammy, you know, we had to, we got to Sammy and it was interesting again. And then after that, it was like, look, where can it go from here? It's over. And we constantly have this, like, I'm genuinely happy to let them continue to let this cook because every time we think it doesn't have legs anymore they find a new way of making this work and that's the thing is the beauty of it is is that every time i think i've done like it's pulling me out like they just drag me back in and because now what do you do there's so much with this like why did he do this is it because he's jealous? Is it because Jay got the title shot? Uh, is it because he didn't visit him in the hospital, but Roman did? Like, yeah. there are so many things that it could be. I have no problem with coming out of this with questions. 
Like, that's what you want to. Ideally, in a perfect wrestling, like, pay-per-view scenario, I want to be leaving either with a really, really good feeling or questions that I want answered. I don't want to be leaving the show going, ugh. Like, you know, I want yeah. to be leaving with the expectation that I'm going to find out what the fuck just happened. Exactly. Once, once upon a time, um, wrestling TV, so Raw and SmackDown, was there to sell the pay-per-view. Now I think it's a bit of both, right? And that's yes. you're definitely watching to continue the story on TV and they're trying to get you to buy the pay-per-view. But at the same time, at the end of that pay-per-view, you should be leaving me with enough questions and they did a beautiful job that with this match that I want to tune in on Monday. I want to, or In this case, it's going to be SmackDown, so I'm going to tune in next Friday. Oh man, waiting a whole week for it though? Jeepers. Yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> Before we go any further, this show is brought to you by OG Nerd. OG Nerd represents the gamers, the cosplayers, the collectors, the model makers, the tattooists, the artists, and the athletes. They are not just a clothing brand, they are a subculture. OG Nerd revel in their halcyon youth and embrace the lifestyle driven by nostalgia humble beginnings and heroes og nerd strives to offer quality comfortable and above all stylish streetwear apparel inspired by a lifetime of gaming music and street art i've worked with og nerd for many years and find their apparel second to none in terms of quality and appearance whether it's at a wrestling show or a convention you'll be hard pressed to find a better armor for your rig get yours at ognerdlife.com Let's get into a few points from WWE that happened before SummerSlam, or just a few bits of news. First one is Matt Riddle. There's been a bit of news around Matt Riddle this week. Yeah, so I've read a few reports about it. It's essentially, they've said, WWE have come out and they've said that due to your personal issues, we're not going to give you any kind of push. He's kind of just expected to drop away in the mid-card, which is kind of sucks because why would you bother sticking around, you know, if that was the situation? But they're citing, you know, his personal life, his personal issues yep. and they've just kind of said that's it you're not going to go any further yeah uh, look i think this is a case where it's just going to get to the end of his contract they're not going to renew it he comes uh, he goes away and that's it for his career in the wwe also do you think he ends up going to uh, AEW? because personally I don't see any benefit to signing him if i was tony that's my own thing i just don't think he brings anything amazing that's worth paying big money for i could see him going to impact maybe if you've got the issues as well the problem with it is is if there are outstanding issues so bad that the wwe is saying eh, then i don't know if you want to bring him on yeah personally i mean i could see him having a run at impact maybe a run at nwa and getting a payday but is this the end of his career unless something changes it really honestly truthfully yeah. could be and that sucks because i don't think that Anybody deserves to be told that, yeah. you know. I know that when they first signed him, they were like, bro, you got to stop smoking weed. And he's like, yeah, sure, bro. They made it part of his gimmick. <laughs> yeah, and then it was like 420 RKO. Like, I don't know what the fuck they're thinking with him, honestly. Like, you either have to... You have to it's like the RVD situation. You either have to just accept the fact that he's fucking amazing and he's going to smoke a bit of pot, but if he doesn't get pulled over by the cops... He's good. You just let him do it. Yeah. You either have to pull an RVD or you have to really get some consideration into the fact that maybe he needs to address those issues before he can move forward. Yeah, look, I don't think the weed is the issue. I think it's his other personal issues and other substances he's into. I mean, I don't want to speculate on that because I have no, 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 no knowledge look, of it outside of this, but yeah, I'm not sure. I just know that it sucks and it would be a horrible thing to hear. Absolutely. Someone who did look amazing during the Battle Royale this week, during SummerSlam, Chad Gable. I thought he looked awesome in the ring, but where do we go with Chad at the moment? I mean, he had that banger of a match last week as well. Yeah. Like, the dude is just excellent. Like I've said multiple times, if he was a foot taller, he'd be... He's got everything that you need. Like, this current gen, 
it would be Kurt Angle. Like like everything that he needs, whether it's the the funny side of it. When he gets in the ring though, and he snaps on and he goes, man, he can, he can fucking go. go as well. Yeah. So yeah, like the dude is incredible. He is literally one of the things that I tune in to watch every single week. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe is he the guy to beat Gunther? Like that's a question that's been going around the internet a lot this week. He could be. He really, really could be. If it's not LA Knight, it could be. It could be him. Look, I think Gable winning against Gunther is one. I think it's probably more believable than LA Knight. As much as I love LA Knight, it's a different world. But the other thing is because he has been treated as a comedy act for so long. Not to say that that's bad, because he's been doing an amazing job of that. It's one of those things where, very similar to Santino. When Santino got finally won the title, everyone was happy. Like everybody popped for it. It's like the funny man can go and he did it. Yeah, I don't quite think that Gable has that stigma around him. No, no, definitely not to you the know, same like degree. Too much of a good guy. Yeah, yeah, like too much of a funny, haha, like comedy act. Yeah. I think that everyone knows that when he gets in the ring, he, he turns into a wrestling megastar. Like, because he's just flawless. Like, I, you don't see him botch. And if you see a botch in his match, it's usually not him. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that he's really, really good. He could be. You could do a real good David and Goliath-style battle with him. Definitely sowed the seeds on their match that they had on SmackDown. I, I think that it's possible. Whether or not it happens is another story, but everything that he's doing at the moment, he deserves to go further than he's gone yeah. so far. Absolutely agree. And while we're talking about guys that can go, Big E... Rumour has it, I think it's actually been confirmed, Big E has been told by doctors not to wrestle again. He should not do it again. Um, and he's got an interest in doing colour. I think he'd be amazing on commentary. But also, I kind of hope he defies the odds because I want Big E to go out on his terms. I mean, he's been saying he's feeling great, he's feeling healthy, he's got no nerve damage, like, you know, he's feeling like he never broke his neck, which is awesome to hear. So, you know what, I, I hope he does too, because as someone who's gone through that and hasn't come back yet, I tell you, it never goes away. Even though he wasn't a wrestling fan to begin with, I still think that the bug is there, you know, I still think that he feels it. And not being able to say goodbye the way you want to, not being able to finish out the story the way you want to, it hurts. Yeah. So I really sincerely hope that he gets, he comes back and he has his matches and he gets what he wants that gratification but if it's better for his own health and it's better for his future man i can't i can't begrudge the guy for the that, guy's so. got a job in wwe forever if he with his personality like i think he's going to be amazing on commentary i think he'd be amazing like he could take that spot with going around and what do they call it? Going to schools and all that sort of thing. He's amazing for doing ambassador. the ambassador role. Like he's got a spot forever in WWE. I, and I, the only reason I was kind of surprised by this news was this week he was on Up, Up, Down, Down. They're doing a very physical series at the moment and he's getting involved and he's getting in there. So there was a part of me when I saw it, I was like, oh, if he's running around doing this sort of thing, is he able to get back in the ring? I mean, running around playing dodgeball is a lot different to taking the bump in the ring. I realise that. But uh, there's a part of me that had that glimmer of hope, right? Look, I think that it's entirely possible for him to come back. I just, yeah, whether or not we see it is a different story. Just time. We'll see. That's WWE for this week. So let's cross the line over to AEW. We had AEW 200 Dynamite, 200th episode of Dynamite this week. What did we think of the show all around before we get into it? Yeah, okay, like, so our biggest complaints this week, or well, last week, sorry, were that we had no idea what was happening at all in. Yeah. So... At least we started to get some answers into that. You know, that that's a really big point for me. Yeah, yeah. So first match for All In has been announced. MJF versus Adam Cole. I love that segment as well. It was such a good segment. MJF comes out. He calls out Adam Cole. He says to him, I promised you the match, but I'm not going to give you a match, a shot. I'm giving you the shot. You versus me, World Heavyweight Championship at All In, in London. There's a couple of things that I think come out of this. One is Adam Cole wasn't seen as the guy by WWE. 
they let him go. He was not seen as being the guy. They were going to make him a uh, manager and all this sort of thing. And now he's headlining a record-breaking show. Like, that's got to be some awesome fuck you for him. Oh, yeah. And, like, you know, the whole story around it too, to be given the, the confidence to go out there and do this this massive part of the show and to be now to be announced as the main event, I presume, yep. for the night as well. It, it's going to be excellent. I'm really, really looking forward to it. And it doesn't break them up either as far as being friends go, which I like. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Look, we've got four weeks before All In. I'm curious to see how this build is going to happen. Are we going to go down the traditional route of them starting off as friends and being enemies by the time we get to London or are we going to be creative like we have seen recently with MJF where we don't go down a traditional route we have nods to some things that have happened in the past which MJF is brilliant at sprinkling in references to the past go down a non-traditional route and have them turn up in that thing shake hands in the middle of the ring before the match Look, I wouldn't even mind it breaking down during the match a little bit and then being okay at the end, yep. you know. I wouldn't mind seeing, because MJF's got to play a heel. In that environment, in front of that many people, you need to boo someone. Yep. So I can definitely see him saying, you know, like no hard feelings for what's about to happen. This is London, though. Are they going, as much as you book it that MJF gets booed, will they boo him? Yeah, they might not. <laughs> They might not. London is just really, it's just a really big ECW arena in Philly. Exactly. Like, it really is. It's its that same supermarket environment where everyone boos the, the the good guys and cheers the bad guys. And But I think if they, because they've told the story really well, so I don't see the crowd fucking it up, you know, because the crowd do respect that as well. Yeah. The other note that I had from this is Adam Cole did not read that contract. <laughs> oh, you think there's some fuckery going on in there? Maybe, maybe, maybe. I may be reading more into it, but I did notice, like, he just opened that up and he signed it and gave him a hug. Like, has he put some fuckery in there that we're not going to know about until later on? If they want to go down the path of turning it all really quickly over the next four weeks, they could do that next week. So Yeah, so what else happened on Dynamite this week? Sheeta has won the World Women's World Heavyweight Championship. I love Sheeta. She's the first AEW champion, women's champion. It's good to see her having that title back on her. She held that title throughout the pandemic as well. And I think this does set up for a question that we had last week, which was, what the hell is Soraya going to do it all in? We've now opened it up. We've now opened it up. We can have Sheeta versus Soraya. And I want her to have a moment in London. No, I think it's the time for it. Like, just being in front of that many people. Yeah. Hometown vibes. I think it'll be a really cleansing moment for everything that's gone on over the past few years. And, and I think the timing's right as well because Soraya, I will say, I think when she first came into AEW, she, I don't know if it was ring rust or if it was nerves or whether she had doubts, but she wasn't quite there he wasn't quite back for a couple of months but she's back in her groove now yeah so obviously really looking forward to this one as well i i'm only a little bit upset i'm only a little bit upset that my, my pal tony isn't going to be about a part of it you know it would have been amazing to, but look tony may still have something to do with this i would have loved to have seen her in the middle of that ring as well um i mean we've said this before we can both claim her uh, as one of our own so um look i think she's still going to find something to do there how can you not have her yeah she's got such strong ties to the uk as well she's a big part of the uk scene when she was coming up too yeah it'd be cool but hey we'll have to wait and see what happens at the moment i'm just happy that we're kind of moving in the right direction and we're actually featuring the women exactly so that's right. lovely. Uh, after the last couple of weeks it's nice to see that yeah one of our big pieces of news coming out of uh, AEW this week is that and the other big talking point from uh, Dynamite this week is we had the return to the ring of one RVD. Yes. Oh, I was so happy about this because we were talking about it last week as well. We were saying who can be the person. And look, honestly, RVD didn't even enter into my brain and it should have. Yeah. Like it really, really should have. But I, in my head, I had Bully Ray uh, to be the one to go after. And Bully Ray was online teasing that it could have been him even to the point where he took 
the night off on Busted Open Radio. He wasn't on Busted Open that day. And I genuinely think he did that to sell that it could have been him. Yeah, honestly, I would have been happy with it. You know, you got to have a foil here for the former Jungle Boy now because obviously Jerry can't wrestle. He said so much in the promo yep. on Dynamite as well. Just saying, look, the doctors won't ever clear me. I forgot how bad Jerry Lynn was at a promo. <laughs> Like, oh, uh, he's fine. Let me forgive him for his amazing wrestling yeah, talent. Exactly. It's fine. But uh, obviously, he comes out and he says, Doctors won't let me do this anymore. As much as I'd love to come down there and kick your dick off your body, I can't do it. But I know someone who can, who used to wrestle at ECW. And then we got the music hit. And honestly, I know this is divisive, but fuck me. Just hearing Pantera's walk play, it just felt like ECW all over again. Just that, that riff. And the crowd too, the crowd because popped. after after the end of the the segment where RVD went for just a murder kick and a Jungle Boy got out of the way of it, Jack Perry got out of the way of it. When they played the music again, you heard the crowd. They were like, "Rue, spoke." Yeah. Like they just got full into it, and it was it was really really cool. The dude, he looks like he has trouble walking, but then he wrestles like he's never had any problems whatsoever. Yeah. He he hasn't missed a beat when it comes to actually like in the ring. It's just every other part of him seems like he just hates walking yeah. and hates like how much his body hurts. Because it must. Oh, like absolutely. for all he's done with wrestling. Oh, the thing is I think you can still have he's still gonna be able to have a great match. All of most of his spots are ones he could probably do like he's he's got the uh, spot in the corner where he drops down over the ring ropes and I, I think he'll probably be able to still pull most of his I mean I'm sure he can do Rolling Thunder I'm sure he can Moonsault I'm sure he can do the Five Star Frog Splash he can do the Van Terminator you know, he can do all of that stuff yep. uh, he can do all the things that make him RVD and it won't look like an old dude in the yep. ring I don't think. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Uh, I'm never going to say no to seeing um, a legend come back and have a good match. It's, is it going to be a five-star match? No. But we don't care about the five stars anyway. <laughs> it's going to elevate Jack Perry, and that's the most important thing right now because that's what they're doing. Yep. So, And anything to feed into like him and Hook down the line. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be angry if uh, RVD turns up with Bully. Maybe even hit a 3D just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this brings us to Collision. Now, I was jokingly calling this the DVR episode of Collision this week because they had to go up against SummerSlam. It, I doubt anybody watched this live. The numbers are going to be so low this week. We watched SummerSlam live on the internet, so there was no way we were watching Collision live at the same time. No. And yeah, as far as I know, like even when they posted on their socials on X or wherever they posted, they were like, are you looking forward to Collision? And almost every comment was, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching the replay. Yeah. Because no one was going to be watching it live. so Which is unfortunate because by all accounts, it was really good. Like really, really good. We set up two more matches for All In. Yep. Which was great. We got the FTR challenged the Young Bucks because they said, hey, we're the best wrestling team in the world, and but we need to prove it, and there's only one team left that we have to prove it against, so fight me, fuckheads. And look, I think this is the closest we're going to get to Team CM Punk versus Team Elite for a long time yeah uh, and i think there's going to be a certain element of that in the build i wouldn't be surprised yeah and look the thing too is they've been really really smart about it because it brings us to the second point is that samoa joe had a match at collision and won in 10 seconds and immediately challenged punk i'm just happy to see Supentico on one of the main shows <laughs> and it wasn't going to be much more than that. I haven't been to check what Nyla Rose has said about the match, but I imagine it's amazing. Yeah, look, like it is what it is. It did its job because the second he won, got on the mic and said, "Hey, CM Punk, fight me, fuckhead." Yeah, <laughs> you know. So we got that again. So like, it looks like we've got FTR versus the Bucks, and we've got Punk versus Joe for All In on top of MJF and Adam Cole as well. So so far. It is starting to be a bit of a banger of a pay-per-view. Yeah, so we're looking like we've got three matches booked, which is three matches more than we had this time last week. And look, and there's three banger of matches, like you said. They're going to be amazing matches. Really, really good. And then the last note that I have personally is that Punk defeated Ricky Starks. We spoke about the match last week having Ricky Steamboat. They took it in a totally different direction, though. And rather than having Punk have any kind of uh, heat, with Steamboat, it was all Starks. Starks is dogging him the whole match. 
There was uh, near the end of the match, he had a big argument, which ultimately led to the downfall of Starks. And then post match, Starks beat the fuck out of Steamboat until Punk made the save. And then the show closed with a uh, barely conscious Ricky Steamboat on the ground with Punk standing over him, like looking up the ramp. So, yeah, it was different to how I thought it would go for sure. But, you know, at the end of the day, you've got a well defined face now. And it also gives Ricky some good moving forward as well. One quick note I do want to add in here for AEW. This is, I, I'm going to admit, I haven't watched it yet, but I have been told that the parking lot fight on Rampage was it's actually worth going back and watching. So I'm going to go back and watch that one. Apparently it's a banger of a match. I guess the only other thing to mention about the show early on is that the FTR match was against Big Bill and Brian Cage. That's a that's a fairly big team. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> to just that's a beat. big team. Two very big boys. Yeah, aside from that, like the show looks great. Like I can't wait to sit down and watch it. It's only been a couple of hours since we recorded for SummerSlam, so I haven't had a chance to watch everything yet, but kind of went on the old fast-forward run for it just to go through it. But, yeah, I I think those are the major notes of the show anyway, except for Christian Cage, which, again, is my favourite. Christian Cage, I cut a promo backstage, and one of the last lines that he said was, I am the TNT champion now and forever, and then Christian Cage alongside TNT champion Luchasaurus. (laughs) There was also a spot with his own daughter where he got his own daughter kicked out of the arena. For asking if she could hold the belt. And look, we should be talking about this other stuff, but we just haven't had a chance to see it because you booked it on the same fucking night as SummerSlam. There's there's so many things that went down that were actually like stuff that I'm going to be interested to watch, but unfortunately, we just didn't get a chance to see it. Oh, look, I'm going to be watching it tomorrow while I'm uh, working. So, And that's everything from AEW this week. We will get into some events around Australia and New Zealand very shortly. But first, while we're talking about news, let's talk about Pro Wrestling Down Under. Pro Wrestling Down Under is a fantastic source for Australian professional wrestling news and upcoming events, as well as all the latest top news from WWE and AEW. They offer some great exclusive content from interviews, opinion articles, and insights from some of the top Australian wrestlers to make it to the big promotions overseas. PW Down Under aims to be a source of information for people looking to get involved in Australian professional wrestling with events listing, training school bios, and news on the latest seminars across the country. So if you ever wanted to get involved in Australian wrestling, this is the place for you. Visit pwdownunder.com.au. That's pwdownunder.com.au. And that brings us to some amazing events that you should be checking out around Australia and New Zealand. Oh, wait, just before we get into that, I do want to say that we had the SummerSlam thing today. We've covered a lot of wrestling today. That does mean that this week I will not be giving a story from the road or a match recommendation. Just go watch SummerSlam. Or if you did watch that, go watch Collision because, you know, you're bound to have missed at least one of those this week. So... Go do that. Absolutely. (laughs) And check out some amazing pro wrestling, indie pro wrestling from around Australia and New Zealand. We love our indie pro wrestling and we recommend that if you are a fan of WWE and AEW, then you should be heading along to see where a lot of the Aussie and Kiwi stars you know, cut their teeth. Starting things off with Action Packed Wrestling in New Zealand. They've got their event Encore, which is coming up at the Kaipara College in Helensville on August the 26th. You can find tickets at eventfinder.co.nz. Also in August on the 25th in Sydney and on the 26th in Melbourne and the 27th in Brisbane, we've got one of the biggest shows coming to the region. It is the Renegades of Wrestling versus GCW. Tickets are on sale now. And for my local guys, the All-Star Pro Wrestling Australia crew, they've got two events coming up, Steel City Madness and Broadmeadow Bowling Club, August 12th in Newcastle, and Proving Grounds, which is my local one, August 19th at the Padstow RSL. Yeah, and from my side of the country, we've got EPW Perth's Hell or High Water. A couple of new matches have been announced for that, but the big one is the Steel Cage match for the EPW Championship with the Don Michael Morleone going against Taylor King. 
That is on August 12th, and it will be a show to watch. Get down to it. On top of that, we have Dude, Where's My Ring? They don't even go here on August 25th. The last show, they did a sellout. This time, they're aiming to go above and beyond the sellout. Another one that I strongly recommend. Definitely get around that. Get around and support the Perth people. And then we've got World Series of Wrestling. They're going to be touring around the country in October from the 6th till the 13th. And they actually just announced that the Mighty Don't Kneel are going to be joining this tour this week. So uh, worth checking them out. It's going to be an amazing show. In Victoria, I actually had someone slide in my DMs this week and say, hey, how come you're only talking about stuff from New South Wales and uh, from Western Australia? You can head along to BCW 53. It's going to be held on August the 25th at the White Horse Function and Convention Centre. So make sure you check that out. Tickets are on sale now. And I've got to, I've got to talk about this one. It's on our list and uh, I have to mention this one. We've got Lucha Fantastica coming back on August 19th. This is at 105 Victoria Road in Marrickville. Now, the reason I wanted to talk about this one in our list of, hey, let's talk about this, is I put a post up on uh, X the other day of myself dressed as Sergeant Slaughter. That was from a Lucha Fantastica oh, show it? here in Perth. Yeah. So I played, the, there's, there's a character in Lucha Fantastica that is like the sheriff. Okay. And that was what I did for it. So I came out wearing like military gear and I had the, the moustache only. I shaved my beard off. I pulled the big chin out, had a hat, all that stuff. And I got that and Sarge follows me now apparently on, on X, which is excellent. I sent that to him and he loved it. He said it looked just like him, like looking into a mirror, which was very cool. But yeah, Lucha Fantastica shows are awesome. It, it, you won't see any of your characters that you're used to seeing there at, at a wrestling show in in the town you're in because nobody wrestles as themselves. It's a family show, starts at five. There's music, tacos, piñatas, and lots of treats for the kids to break. And of course, a show with more than 10 masked luchadors packed with acrobatics, action, and just a pinch of comedy. Yeah, and they've also got an adult show as well at 8pm, a special show packed with all the same stuff pretty much. But at the end, there's a tequila party with live music. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm not going to lie, the tequila party, I was smashed. By the end of the night, the end of the night after you wrestle, we're, we're getting ready to get out there and they're like, no, you have to come out here, have a tequila party with us. So I'm like, okay, let's go. And we went out there and we just got really, really drunk. Yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to this because it is literally just down the road from where I live. I so I'm probably going to try and head along to this one. You should absolutely go to it. It is a night out. It, it really is like you're tiptoeing on the levels of something like Dracula's, you know, like a, a theatre restaurant vibe, except it's like a theatre pub vibe. The funny, th the thing is I'm going to have to make a decision because it is the same night as my local show, which is uh, All Star Pro Wrestling Proving Grounds the same night. I might have to skip my local guys and check out Lucha Fantastica. They'll be back next week or next month, but Lucha Fantastica only comes once every now and again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's all your uh, local pro wrestling. If you've got a, an event coming up and you'd like to, us to talk about it, you can hit us up on X. We are at Down Under The Ring. You can check us out there. Uh, you can also DM either myself or Shippy. I'm on all platforms at FidMcAwesome. And where can they find you, Shippy? They can find me at underscore warship because I still can't get the fucking name from X, but hopefully that will change soon, or the warship everywhere else. Also, we need to get all the pages we already have waiting for Down Under the Ring live on all the other socials as well. So hopefully we can do that over the next week or so. But yeah, that was it. That was it. A good show. It was a, a lot of wrestling to talk about, a lot of wrestling to watch as well. I really enjoyed myself this week. I hope you did too. Absolutely. So, yeah, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for listening to the episode today because we had a blast. And if you enjoyed the show as well, please don't hesitate to give us a like, a share, subscribe, tweet, all the stuff that happens. There are so many different buttons. They all do something. Just press them all, yeah? Give us five stars. Do all the cool stuff on, on, your, on your podcast networks or anywhere else. Just push random buttons on the street. Hopefully they'll do something nice for us. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, we will see you down under the ring. <laughs>